This is the word of the Lord, and all of us say together, thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, for the gift of your word, living, eternal, and true, that which goes before us, that which extends to the end of all things, we give you thanks that you are in your midst, in our midst by your word. We ask your blessing. May the words that I speak and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We pray in the name of Jesus, the word become flesh. Amen. Amen. Now hear this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I walk along the path. There are stones and pebbles as if the earth over time from even the foundations of time have kind of formed them. They're beneath my feet and I feel them as I walk along the path. I notice along the way there are thorny things like agarita. Anyone? And there are cactus, cacti, cactus, however you say it. I notice they're there, these thorny things along the path and the rocks beneath my feet. I notice them. And I notice that in the springtime, even the thorny things, the agarita, produce a little flower, a little yellow flower. I'm looking at my wife. A little yellow flower, details. And they smell so good. Have you smelled the agarita? And I noticed that the cactus that looks so ominous, like I would not want to fall into that in the springtime. Beautiful, flowering blooms. I walk along the path and around the turn, and I pass the upper field, the one where the creek bends around, down almost enveloping one, two sides of the upper field. And when, it, when the rains come, please God, when the rains come and the creek's really flowing and the water's running, you can hear it cascade, waterfalls, the sound of it rushing, the upper field. And I walk a little further and there's the lower field with its two majestic twin oaks on one side of the field, keeping watch over the field that's been planted with oats, which um, begin to rise and the, the deer find them and graze. The oats in the lower field.
field. And I walk along the path a little bit further. And there up ahead on my right is the sheep pen. Its fence is, well, in disrepair. I would not trust the sheep to be safe inside there at this point, but at one point in time they were. There's the little covering where the sheep could step out of weather the sheep pen, and I walk around to the entrance. And it's an image like this, literally. This is the one image I have for you on the screen. The entrance to the sheep pen. It's a single oak and its branches stretching over to form an arch, a majestic arch to that entrance that, that invites you in where the pasture is green and lush and often in the morning when I walk along the path, wet with dew, cool in the morning, inviting me in. And if I stand there in that moment, as I have many times, taking many pictures like the one you see on the screen, if I stand there on a week like this week, and listen closely... I can almost hear the words. I am the gate. I am the gate for the sheep. There's no way to hear those words, I think, without hearing those words, John 10, words read for us this morning. There's no way to hear them really without hearing Psalm 23. At least I can't hear them without hearing the words of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. There's no way to hear them apart from those words for me without seeing Images like this standing in that moment or perhaps images that you've collected and gathered up over the years. Any of you been in fields with green pastures and sheep? I suspect a few of you, right? There's no way to hear these words of Jesus as he stands and says, wait, 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 let, let, me, let me explain. I'm the gate for the sheep. Without hearing the words like those of Psalm 23 or seeing images like the one in front of you, without a pasture, a deep longing, I would say, for a place of life and provision and renewal of peace and shalom. And while Jesus may say many things, and in short order will say, unpacking this rich imagery that he's the good shepherd. Before he says, look, I'm the good shepherd, he says, I'm the gate. I'm the way. Some of your translations may say, I don't know, if you're following along. It's not a quiz, but I'm asking. Some of your translations may say door. I am the door. Anyone? I am the door. But I like gate so much better. I'll just tell you. I like gate so much better. Maybe it's because I've stood in places like that where there's literally a gate and a fence and a pasture. I like gate. In any case, the sense of it is that Jesus is passage. Jesus is entrance. Jesus is way. I'm the gate, Jesus says. Whoever comes this way will be saved 
footnote in my Bible, also translated, kept safe. And I think it's something of both, right? My guess is when you hear Jesus say, I am the gate for the sheep, come this way, and whoever comes this way by me will be saved, you're almost exclusively thinking about your own individual salvation, right? That's how we think about salvation mostly, our individual salvation. But there's this other nuance to what Jesus says when he, when he invites us to come to that moment and stand with, with the pasture right in front of it, that it's not just our individual salvation, it's really about the keeping of all things safe and whole and inviting us into this space where all things are made whole and safe. And it's not just about your individual salvation and a transaction that made you right with God at some point in time. It's about the whole work of God stemming from the very foundations of time to the very end of time. I am the gate for the sheep. Come my way and you will be Saved, kept safe here. I like it because it resonates with this notion of God's provision and God's protection of God gathering up all things and all people and kept safe, Jesus says, kept safe. I was thinking about that. I was thinking, you know, it's not really the kind of kept safe that I think about having grown up in Tornado Alley. Anyone else? Tornado Alley. Where if you want a booming business, go into the tornado shelter business. I remember after the, the one uh, that our family endured in 1979 when uh, literally most of the community, the city, was, was flat. When people rebuilt... Guess what they had in mind? <laughs> yeah. Uh, can we go ahead and put a tornado shelter right here? So we dug, you dig out a hole in the ground and you pour something down and there's steps that go down and you pull the door down and you latch the thing and you're safe. There's that kind of sense of protection, of being safe, the kind where there's concrete walls sunk in the ground protecting by closing everything off, Right? You close everything off. That's one kind of safe. But I think Jesus has something more in mind than just the kind of protection that closes everything off. How do you stand at that vantage point at the gate, Jesus standing there saying, this is the way. Come be safe and see that pasture out in front of you and think that that's about closing off. Maybe it, there is a sense, right? of protection in that way. But it's not a closed off, in the ground, batten the hatches kind of being safe. It's an open, expansive invitation to the fullness of God and all things kind of safe. And that's different. That's different. Maybe our notion of God's protection and provision sometimes leans a little more to that idea that to know God's provision, to be safe, is to dig a hole in the ground and pour some concrete and batten off the hatches. But that's very different than the image of standing before the entrance to the pasture. Yes? Jesus' invitation to say that I am the way and you will be saved, you will be kept safe, is an expansive 
provision, not a closed off provision. It protects precisely because it's expansive like a pasture. Listen to this. These are the words read for us this morning. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved, kept safe, and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly in its fullness, expansively. It opens up life. It doesn't close off. pasture that is filled with life and gives life. I am the gate, Jesus says. Come my way and know God's provision. I want you to sit with that for just a few moments. To sit with those words and that invitation. More than anything else, I want you to hear that word today as a gospel word. Good news. Jesus says to you, I want you, all of you, to know God's peace and provision. You who are weary and heavy laden, come to me and find rest for your souls. You who are exhausted and tired, the kind of tired where when you stop long enough to draw in a deep breath, it kind of aches. You know that kind of tired? Listen, Jesus says, I'm the way, the gate. Come to me. Come into this space, into this place where I will give you all that God intends. I will give you rest for your souls. I want you, all of you, to know God's peace and provision in green pastures and beside still waters. I am the gate, Jesus whispers, the way. Come this way and sit for a moment with Jehovah Jireh, God who is provider, sustainer, renewer of all things, Come into this space. You who are weary and heavy laden and tired. And sometimes it's a physical tired, but sometimes it's not just a physical tired. It's an emotional tired. It's a mental tired. It is a spiritual tired that you begin to feel in your body when you draw in a deep breath. I've known that tired. I know it now. So let me be more specific. For you who inhabit 
and anxious world. Oh man, that's an understatement. An anxious world. Where almost every bit of information or thing that you see or experience just turns the dial up on the anxiety a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And sometimes it's close to you and sometimes it's off in the distance, but it has the same effect. It turns the dial up a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more until that anxiety seeps deep into your bones. You just carry it with you. It controls every thought, takes captive every thought. It seizes your imagination. Listen, Jesus says to you, I want you to know God's peace and provision. Come my way, right here, right here. This is the way. Step into that place where all that goes away because God's got it. Come my way. There's a place for you, anxious ones, green pastures, and quiet waters. For you who are filled with so much worry and doubt and fear that it spills out of you in all its toxic, life-stealing dread. You worriers who think that somehow if you give an inch of control everything's going to spin out. You know? Who carry that within you so deeply embedded into who you are that it seeps out in toxic forms into every word and to every action and to every reaction onto everyone around you. Listen! We're not just reading scripture today. There's a voice that speaks now to you. I am gate, way. Come into this space and know peace and provision where worry and doubt and fear fade into the backdrop of this beautiful place God has created in the beginning and will finish in the end that you inhabit now. Come on. It's expansive and life-giving. You who are so beat down that you have convinced yourself that there is no life for you. And I'm telling you, there's more of us that are right at that space than we're willing to admit in a public assembly. You 
you're trapped within your own self-doubt. You can't see a way out. You fight every day to break the surface to get just enough air to sustain you for the moment before you're pulled back down under again. I see you. The one who is the gate sees you. Trapped and caged like real case panther. This is, this is an old dead guy who wrote a poem, real case. <laughs> and the opening lines are this. He's, he's clearly painting a picture of a panther in a cage. And he writes, whose vision from the constantly passing bars has grown so weary that it cannot hold anything else so that it seems to him that there are a thousand bars and behind the bars, no world. For you who are behind bars of your own making, your own self-doubt, your own sense of unworthiness, Whatever led you there, whatever happened, whatever was spoken to you, whatever was done to you, whatever. So that those bars of your own self-doubt might as well be a thousand bars and beyond them, no world, hear this. Jesus says, I am gate, way, and you are safe here. You are safe here. There is life and life in abundance. All the goodness of God in green pastures with quiet waters. He restores your soul. Listen. And for you who have suffered unimaginable loss. And if you have not, you will. It comes to all of us. Who have walked the valley of the shadow of death, sometimes the long, slow, painful, unexplainable path of suffering. Jesus says to you, come this way. See, I'm gate. You are safe here. Come and know that the worst things are not the last things. The worst things are not the last things. Because there is life. I am the gate, Jesus says. I want you to know. I want you to know. If you've heard me say that over and over again, you've been paying attention. If you've heard me say, I want you to know, and you thought the I was referring to me, you're wrong. 
It's Jesus who says, I want you to know life and hope and peace. I've got you. You're safe here. And if by chance you're thinking, he skipped right over that part about the thieves who come in and steal, I hope now you can hear that as not some bad guy out there who's going to come in here and steal and rob life from you, but all in here that attempts to pull life out of you because you are so very anxious or tired or weary or suffering or in despair. Actually, when Jesus first spoke about those who steal and corrupt and he was pointing around the room at religion gone bad because it made you feel that somehow if you're getting in the gate into that pasture, you got to have it all right, put together right. And you've got to have it all, you've got to have, you have to have it all amended and atoned for. And Jesus said, those are robbers. They're robbing life from you. Sometimes it's right here among us. We've constructed this idea. Or sometimes it's right here within us. The robber that comes to steal, the thief that corrupts, the pasture is not out there, but in here. Look, there is grace for you and there is life for you. Jehovah Jireh, God our provider, Jesus, gate and way, who protects and saves, keeps safe. Hear these words, the Lord, the Lord our God, he is our shepherd. He makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside quiet waters. He restores our soul. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though we may walk in the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because he's right there with us. He's got us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. He prepares a table like the one we'll gather around in just a moment. He prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. He anoints our head with oil. Today, I was reminded is Pentecost. He anoints you. With oil and with the gift of his spirit, he anoints you. You are God's anointed, kept one, saved one, kept safe. One. Surely, surely now, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, forever. Thanks be to God.